And now, Understanding the Times with Jan Markell, the program committed to helping you contend for the faith and view current events through the lens of the Bible. Here's Jan Markell. Welcome to the program, everyone. I am so glad you have chosen to spend some time with me today on Understanding the Times Radio. This is the program, frankly, the ministry that is committed to helping you understand the times, contend for the faith, become watchmen on the wall. And I have a couple of guests we're going to be talking to this uh, morning. And let me just say a couple of words here as we move into hour one, because there is a term that is uh, often used, and it's called the great omission. Let me explain that. The Bible talks about pretty clearly about various parts of the world. We hear the Bible, we read the Bible, talk about the Arab world, the, the Far East, what is very likely Russia, parts of Europe. But there is no reference in the Bible to a powerful nation that could be construed as America. And some say, well, okay, but, you know, America didn't exist in Bible times. Well, that's not a problem to, to God. I mean, because, he, I mean, he can make some kind of a reference to a great powerhouse uh, wherever he wants to place it that would probably be deduced as being America, but it really is quite silent. I know there are many Bible teachers out there who do try to pick various verses and say this is America. And we could look at each one of those. We don't have the time. I think that all of them may be stretching just a little bit because they just really, really want to find America in the Bible. And you would have to do so by by inference because there's not a kind of something that would just jump out at us. So um, all I am saying is we have seen something very interesting and at the same time pretty tragic happening in, in the last year, year almost year and a half coming up in, in a couple months here. And, then, and that is we have seen America begin to fall from a very, very high and prestigious position. And that's happening by politicians who are not seeking are the, the best for our great nation, but rather the demise of our great nation. Now, having said all that, I want to assure you that this hour is not all gloom and doom. We have some very, well, let's just say uplifting information that my guests and I are going to share with you as well. So as Dr. David Reagan says in his book, America the Beautiful, the, he suggests that the great omission is where's America in the so-called last days? Is there a reason that she's not there? And, of course, again, people have speculated that the Bible is silent about such a nation uh, because something might happen to her. So I'd like to look at this for the next uh, few minutes here that Dr. Reagan is with us. Dave Reagan, thank you, and welcome back to Understanding the Times Radio. Well, thank you, Jan. It's always good to be with you. I want to just, here's where I want to start, and then we're going to kind of, we're going to jump around a little bit, but in a way, this is really related to part of our discussion this morning. 
Let me just say, Dr. David Reagan was one of our Understanding the Times speakers in 2006, 7, 8, and will be again this fall, uh, 2010. Um, we have talked about, um, I, I have talked about the issues as it concerns uh, the nation of Israel here probably, well, almost endlessly. And let me just say that the comments come from people now currently who are watching the Obama administration and what he is doing to the nation of Israel and particularly what happened to Benjamin Netanyahu just a few weeks ago. And I, I'm so glad you updated your book. However, it wasn't updated until 2010. So could I just have your take on the incident that happened a couple of weeks ago where Prime Minister Netanyahu was um, humiliated, shamed, a dinner was canceled on him. The President Obama walked out on him. I mean, it, the treatment could not have been worse. Well, Jan, I think you pretty well summed it up. Uh, he treated a foreign head of state like he was uh, some sort of uh, little boy who needed to mm-hmm. stand in the corner and uh, be spanked. And uh, it was humiliating. It was um, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I read a statement the other day by a, a columnist I'm not all that familiar with. I can't even remember his name, but um, he made a comment that something is seriously wrong when the President of the United States is more concerned about Jews building buildings in Jerusalem than about uh, Iran building atomic bombs. That's so true. We embrace our enemies now and we beat up our friends and allies. Here's a quote from Mayor Ed Koch. He says, I weep today because my President Barack Obama in a few weeks has changed the relationship between the U.S. and Israel from that of the closest of allies to one in which there is an absence of trust. Our closest ally has been demeaned and slandered, held responsible for our problems in Afghanistan, Iraq, and elsewhere in the Middle East. A lot of people are noticing this, David. Even people on the left are noticing this. Well, I, I think that uh, it, it's uh, something that we should all be very, very concerned about because the book of Joel says point blank that in the end times, any nation that gets involved in trying to divide up the land of Israel is going to be severely judged by God. It says that point blank in Joel 3, verse 2. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're involved in now as we put pressure on Israel. Uh, and, uh, you know, we keep pressuring Israel. We don't pressure the Arab states. Yeah, and the result of all this is that Israel keeps giving up more and more and more and getting nothing in return. And you know, Jan, uh, the, the fundamental problem with the, our current president is that he is basically a humanist. Mm-hmm. A humanist believes that in the essential goodness of all people. And uh, so if you have a person uh, like the president of Iran who is threatening to mm-hmm. drop atomic bombs or whatever, your attitude toward him is... Well, he's basically a good guy, so if he's doing this, it's because he hasn't been treated right. Right, right. If we would just sit down and talk with him and be reasonable and and consider his demands, uh, he'll stop this uh, because it it, it, it has to be justified in some way. It's probably because we haven't treated him right. It's probably because we have acted like an imperial power uh, and, and, and have trampled his rights. And, and the, the humanist refuses to recognize the simple fact that the Bible teaches, and that is that there are some people in this world who are very, very evil. 
Yeah, you're right, David, because the two worldviews, of course, the biblical worldview, as we're talking, at least as we're talking about evil here, the biblical worldview is that the heart is is uh, deceptive and desperately right. wicked. And the secular humanist, as you say, wants to believe that, believe the best in all people. Well, boy, I tell you. Uh, the other areas in that region that are kind of getting special treatment, too, because he did reach out to Syria to entice yep. Damascus away from Iran and Hezbollah. Failure again. Syria held a summit with Ahmadinejad and Hezbollah, and they, you know, they pledged solidarity, solidarity. Uh, so now there are credible reports that Syria may have transferred Scud missiles with a range of 430 miles? Yes, very credible reports. Uh, they are turning these over to Hezbollah, plus Syria has yeah. a tremendous arsenal of chemical weapons. And I truly believe, with all my heart, uh, based upon real uh, concrete evidence, that uh, the weapons of mass destruction that uh, Saddam Hussein had were transferred to Syria. So uh, we're dealing with a, a terrorist nation here, and mm-hmm. yet uh, Obama has decided that we need to send a... Uh, uh, an ambassador over there, so he has appointed a person now who's being considered by the Senate, and I'm sure he's very upset about this uh, co- uh, revelation that uh, they are now supplying uh, Scud missiles to his Hezbollah. Well, and also as we speak, at least in very recent days, um, Israel once again is distributing gas masks, so... Uh, it right. really, really takes something to be an Israeli and to, to go through this night and day, day and night. I mean, they, they come to the peace table, which is an exercise in futility. Uh, the Palestinians have no reason really to come to the peace table as long as the Obama administration is just demanding more Israeli concessions before negotiate, before negotiations even begin. Um, it's terribly upside down over there. And, you know, David, I keep hearing, um, secular uh, talk show hosts and, and I, I love them all. And uh, this is not a put down at all, but they usually, they usually intro their program with, oh, the world is upside down. Well, yeah, the Bible yeah. said that would happen someday. Yes. And, and I think it's important to, um, uh, make your listeners aware of the fact that uh, Israel is very, very vulnerable to U.S. pressure. pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, when Netanyahu was prime minister before, he gave in to U.S. pressure and surrendered one of the most sacred cities in all of uh, the history of, of Judaism, and that is the city of Hebron. And uh, he suffered tremendously as a result of that. Uh, he was ejected from power, and I think he learned his lesson. I hope he did. This time he is standing firm, and we need to pray for him that mm-hmm. he will continue to stand firm yeah. and put his faith not in the United States of America, but put his faith in uh, God. But but we have to understand the kind of pressure that he's under. Uh, all we have to do is say to him, and this has been said many times before, you either do what we tell mm-hmm. you to do, or we will suspend our veto in the United Nations. And our veto is the only thing that's protecting Israel from uh, economic uh, destruction. Uh, without our veto, the nations of the world would uh, institute uh, uh, stringent uh, economic sanctions against Israel overnight and bring their economy uh, to collapse. And so with that kind of power, we can pretty well force the Israelis to do anything we want to as long as they put their trust and hope in us. If you'd like to learn more and read more from Dr. David Reagan and his ministry, 
Lamb Lion Ministries. Visit his website, lamblion.com, lamblion.com. Uh, David, you say we have, we're, we're kind of going back to your book here again, and again, that's America the Beautiful with a question mark after it. And we're not just going to sit here and tell you gloom and doom because we're going to build in something positive a little later in the hour. But you say that we have, meaning America, we have set our face against God. We have ignored calls for repentance. We have not, uh, we have paid no attention to remedial judgments. And then you compare America to the biblical people of Judah. America has turned its back on the one who blessed us. So now we pay the price. Uh, make that connection with us and Judah. Well, I think uh, Judah is our symbolic uh, type in the scriptures in that uh, there has been no nation in all of history uh, blessed like Judah, mm-hmm. except us. Uh, think about Judah for a moment. Uh, they had the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God in their temple. Uh, they had great leaders like Jehoshaphat and uh, Hezekiah and Josiah. Uh, they had uh, freedom. They had uh, prosperity. God blessed them beyond any nation that had ever existed, and yet they turned their back on God. They began to rebel against God, and God raised up prophets uh, he raised up, uh, 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 in addition to prophets, when they paid no attention to them, he put remedial judgments upon the nation, and still they refused to repent until finally God brought them to the point of destruction. I think their attitude was, we're, we're God's special people. God will never touch us. Uh, we have his temple. He will never allow it to be touched. But God did allow it to be touched. I consider these two verses to be two of the saddest verses in the Bible. They're in Second Chronicles 36, beginning with verse 5. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them again and again by mm-hmm. his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they continually mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. God is very patient. He never pours out wrath without warning. He will send prophetic voices. He will send remedial judgments. We are in the same situation today. God raised us up uh, as a nation that was greatly blessed. He used us, uh, used our ingenuity and our resources to send the gospel all over the world, translate the Bible into many languages. Uh, He has greatly blessed us with freedom and prosperity and great leaders, spiritual blessings as well. And yet we've turned our back on him. Uh, We are now the world's primary pornographer. We're the world's corrupter, moral corrupter, through our immoral and blasphemous movies and television programs. And as a result of all that, God has raised up prophetic voices like yours and many others to call this nation to repentance. And uh, he's put remedial judgments on us, and we've set our jaw against him. I believe that many people believe God sits on the throne wrapped in an American flag and that he would never touch this nation. If he would touch Judah, he will touch this nation. And I believe that touch began in 2008. I think we may have reached the point of no return. I don't know for sure. But there are two things that occurred uh, in uh, 2008 that I think are very significant. One was the stock market collapse in September when it collapsed 777 points on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, which was like God signing his signature to it. Because, as you know, 666 is the number of Satan, 777 is the number of perfection. And it was on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, uh, as, as God is saying, look, I put my signature on this, I have touched your God, which is money, and I've caused it co- to collapse, and I've tied it with Rosh Hashanah because it's tied to what you have done to Israel. And the second thing was the election of Barack, uh, of, uh, Barack Obama, 
uh, who uh, I think is the most anti-capitalist, anti-Israel president in the history of the United States, and one who is totally opposed to Christian morality and Mm -hmm. Christian values uh, in his promotion of homosexuality, same-sex marriage, his attack upon capitalism, which is a central part of our freedom. Uh, I I said in my book years ago, I wrote this book first in 2003, and I said then that when you look in the Bible at how God deals with nations, one of the things he does when a nation gets in rebellion against him and refuses to repent is that he will ultimately give that nation the kind of leaders that nation deserves. And I think in 2008, that's what he did. Well, uh, yeah, and, and I think you felt that an economic uh, collapse was kind of unavoidable because uh, America's God seems to be money. But, but to be honest, almost every nation on earth, their God is money. That's right. Yeah. So I'm not but so, not every nation on earth has been blessed like been, been blessed, and of whom much is given, much is, re- right. much is required. I, I do understand that. Um, the other thing, too, and you were listing some things just a second ago, and, and here in the last uh, week or ten days, we've had a judge declare that our National Day of Prayer is a, is a violation of U.S. law. And I, I believe, I believe it's, it's, it is going to be carried out here in 2010. I suspect, and like your take on it, uh, David, I suspect that it will, it will be carried out this year, but activist judges, all on the left in Washington, the ACLU, People for the American Way, and so forth, will try to get it blocked by next year so that they can continue to wipe out the very memory, uh, the name of God's name. Well, there's going to be relentless attacks, and they're going to continue. And I mean they are going to be relentless. And, of course, what really concerns me is that we now have uh, Obama with a chance to appoint another Supreme Court justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, boy, I tell you, this is a serious situation. It really is, because they're basically rereading the Constitution. They, In fact, you know, uh, Jan, one of the things that, that concerned me the most about Obama, even before he was elected, is that in interview after interview after interview, and, and we have recordings of these interviews that he made when he was a senator in Illinois and a U.S. senator, he would constantly refer to the Constitution as a barrier to what he wanted to mm-hmm. accomplish in this nation and that we had to do something about the Constitution because it was standing in the way of the reforms that were needed in this nation. Well, he's doing something about it now. He's simply ignoring it. And you know what? I think I think there's a very good possibility that the Supreme Court is going to do the same thing to him in the next few months as the Supreme Court did to FDR during the Great Depression. They're going to slap him down by uh, ruling that... Uh, uh, the health care program or some major piece of legislation is unconstitutional. And I think that the health program could be uh, ruled very easily unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. This happened to FDR when, you know, the old statement that power is corrupting yeah. and absolute power is absolutely corrupting is true throughout history. And we're seeing it before our very eyes right now as the uh, Obama administration is using its supermajority to run over all those who are opposed to anything they want to do. But the court is still there. We have a great checks and balance system in this nation, and the court can still step in and slap him down as they did FDR mm-hmm. in 1937 when they said to FDR, You're the cornerstone of the New Deal is simply unconstitutional, and uh, they put uh, the, uh, the halt to what he was trying to do in this country. 
If you've just tuned in, you are listening to Understanding the Times. Jan Markell here, your host, talking to Dr. David Reagan, who represents Lamb Lion Ministries, lamblion.com. He will be one of our Understanding the Times 2010 speakers. And, David, I go back to what Abraham Lincoln said. 1863, he called for a day of national humiliation, fasting, and prayer. And that's how far we've come in. Yes, Jen. Uh, hundred plus years. I, I just think that declaration that he made was. I, I would encourage every American to try to find a copy. You can find one on the internet very easily. And in that declaration, he just says, "I believe with all my heart that the Civil War is a result of God's judgment upon this nation for what we have done, the sins of the past, mm-hmm. and we must have a national day of humiliation." And he called for all businesses to close on the coming Thursday, uh, a, a business day. He called for people to go to the synagogues and churches to uh, confess the sins of this nation and ask God to put an end to the war. Uh, We've come so far from that, Jan, that I I really believe with all my heart that if an American president today were to call a press conference and say, the problems of this nation are due to the sins of the nation, and I want to call for a national day of humiliation Mm -hmm. and prayer, there would be an immediate resolution of impeachment in the Congress. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm quoting you here, uh, Dave Reagan. There's nothing that moves the heart of God like repentance. But in, right. the, in the case of Nineveh, all repented. Um, in the case of America, I mean, these kind of are my words now, but in the case of America, there are, there are so many God-haters. And, and, and in Nineveh's time, they were so sincere. I believe they even clothed their animals in sackcloth and ashes. Yes. And, and I do think some nations are beyond repair. I'm not, I'm not yet at the point where I'm going to say that America is beyond repair. Um, there are some signs that might indicate that, but let's not go there quite yet. And, I, and I'm not saying, again, I, I want to, we, we're going to interject some things here that are going to be uplifting in, in, in a little while. But let me ask you bluntly, do you think America's beyond repair? I think that uh, that is a very good question. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do know that there are some who have taken that position. And I don't know whether uh, uh, I, you know, I just can't say that at this point. Mm-hmm. All I can say is that it appears that we're headed in that direction, and we may have crossed that line in 2008. But uh, I don't know. I, I can't say. Uh, God has not revealed that to me. Uh, Dave Wilkerson says yes, that we have crossed that point, and that God is now in the process of delivering us from uh, judgment to destruction. So there are prophetic voices that are saying that, and they may be right. I just don't know. Well, but we've had other warnings, and and I I believe as do you that 9/11 was a message from God Absolutely. concerning repentance. I, I it didn't happen. Certainly there were gatherings of people, and some of them were large gatherings in major stadiums and so forth, and and praying and crying out to God. It was not a repentance of the entire uh, nation. It doesn't have to be a repentance of the entire nation, as you well know. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that what's needed is the repentance of those who know him. Yes, uh, yes. That it will repent, it will cry out, it will confess uh, that uh, God will respond. And, you know, you can see this in, in the Bible. Uh, in the final days of Judah, in the final days of Judah, they had the, the worst king in their history, Manasseh, who even sacrificed his own children in the valley outside of Jerusalem. But the people went to their knees, they cried out, they prayed earnestly, and God raised up one of the most righteous kings, a boy king by the name of Josiah. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
Josiah uh, was a king only for a few years, uh, and uh, he led the nation back into a, uh, a righteous relationship with God. But the sin had become so ingrained in the soul of the nation that when he died, the whole thing fell apart immediately, and within a few years, the nation had ceased to exist. Well, I think, uh, church, please take that as an encouragement. Um, You know, then we just have to reference uh, Dave Reagan. We have to reference the church and, and where it's at today. And thankfully, some churches are dead right on and doing the absolute right thing that needs to be done by way of teaching properly from the pulpit and informing properly from the pulpit. But a whole lot of them are silent about these issues. They just don't want to go there. They don't want to talk about it. As a matter of fact, a lot of pulpits don't want to talk about anything that might resemble bad news. That's right. Well, uh, Jan, the Bible says that in the end times the terrorists will grow yeah. with wheat. And there's going to be a ripening of apostasy and a ripening of uh, of uh, spiritual renewal at the same time. And I think that those churches that are open to the Spirit of God and who are standing on the Word of God, uh, we're going to see them uh, uh, in a very powerful position uh, of speaking out about what's going on in this society. But at the same time, there's going to be increasing apostasy in churches that are concerned only with one thing, and that's growth right. and doing anything they can to grow, which is mainly entertaining people. Uh, rather than uh, challenging their sinful lifestyles. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. And um, in many cases, the church has let the world in, and and some even some some won't even speak about sin, as you know. Um, and that's just the new climate in the church, and it, it a lot of it goes back to church growth. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with church growth. I mean, if there's a solid church out there that's growing by leaps and bounds, I say praise the Lord. Yeah, but you don't have to use gimmicks to grow. And, I mean, and some of gimmicks, gimmicks are useful. I mean, yeah. they, they will result in growth, but they don't result in solid spiritual growth. But you don't have to use gimmicks to grow. All you have to do is, is you just simply have to preach the Word of God. Yeah. And let the Holy Spirit uh, be in charge of the growth. Well, you know, for example, one of the things that concerns me right now is how Bible churches, which have always been a cornerstone of um, teaching the the real Word of God all across this nation, there is a, a, a move now among Bible churches all over this nation to change their names. And they're dropping the word Bible yeah. because they're afraid that if they call themselves a Bible church, people simply won't come. Well, it, they're, yeah, and they're dropping the word Baptist, and they're, drop, they're dropping other words. And <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. Um, I, I just think that, I mean, it's bad enough not to talk about about, about sin in the pulpit, but uh, I, I feel that our some of our preachers really need to start talking about this sin and repentance issue. And I mean, hit it really hard because the situation... The situation right now, folks, it is out of control in America. And where is this leading? We don't know. But one of the things that could stop where it's leading, if that's to a bad place, and it looks like it is, would be for our pastors and our leaders and our teachers to rise up and speak about Well, it takes a lot about. of courage, uh, Jan, yeah, it does. as you will it know. Does. Uh, yeah. For example, I think of two men right now who are two of the most courageous pastors I happen to know personally. One is uh, Robert Jeffries of First Baptist Church here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is uh, uh, Jack Howes uh, um, at uh, uh, the um, Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills, California. Both of these men are willing to speak out on all the issues. 
Now, the result of speaking out on all the issues Mm -hmm. is that they have to move around with bodyguards. Uh, They have to have special security at their services on Sunday morning to keep people from disrupting them. Uh, because they speak out on the issues. and But, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do that. Absolutely it does. And I'm shocked that they have to walk around with bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> who, are, who, who are they protecting themselves from? <laughs> well, they're protecting themselves from people who want to kill them. Um, for example, when Robert Jeffress uh, came to uh, First Baptist Church in Dallas about a year ago, he decided to preach a series of sermons on absolute truth. And uh, one of the first uh, of those sermons was that uh, the, was titled "Homosexuality is a Perversion." Okay, I see what you're saying. And they had people rioting in the streets. They had death threats. Um, and and as he put it, as he told me personally, he said, "David, I expected that. I expected it." But he said, "Let me tell you what hurt me the most is that the pastor of one of the largest churches in Dallas wrote a letter to the Dallas Morning News, in which he said." No pastor should be allowed to speak on the topic that homosexuality is a perversion. This man's voice needs to be silenced. Wow. Uh, we're going to see a whole lot more of that in the coming months and, oh, uh, yeah. and, and years. Uh, folks, again, want to reach David Reagan. It's lamblion.com. If you want to reach me, you can do it a couple of ways through my website, olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org. Or you can write me at the P.O. Box, Box 1452, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota. By the way, 55311. By the way, we're having more and more of you sign up as CD subscribers to get two CDs a week of everything we do on Understanding the Times Radio. 763 7634933010, $25 a month. You can pass them on to friends and lighten them as well. Say, folks, this program is listener-supported only. Please remember us prayerfully and financially. I am coming right back. Don't go away. A reminder to Radio Archive listeners and podcasters that the Understanding the Times radio show is totally listener-supported. We air on several radio stations, which allows us to bring our programming to you. Would you consider a tax-deductible donation to Olive Tree Ministries for the radio outreach? You can send a check to Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. That's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. You can also donate and order safely online at olivetreeviews.org or call 763-493-3010. And thanks for partnering with this ministry committed to helping you understand the times and contend for the faith. When it's all been said and done There is just one thing that matters Did I do my best to live for truth? Did I live my life for you? Lord, I live my life for you. Welcome back to Jan Markell's Understanding the Times. Here's Jan Markell. Welcome back to part two of this particular hour. Just a couple of things here. 
We're going to be running Best of Programming next weekend because I will be conducting my spring conference, Hope in a World of Troubling Change, with Eric Barger on deception discernment issues, Dr. Gary Fraser on current events, eschatology. Um, I will be present, obviously, and it is at North Heights Lutheran Church. That's next Saturday. That would be April 24th. And let's see, I would advise you to come early. It starts at 9 a.m. I would advise you to come early just because seating is limited there, which is why we had to move to a different location for our fall event. Again, no charge, no registration, just show up, come a little bit early with book tables, tape tables, and so forth, lots of things to look over. And we are trying to make this a day. I hope the title says it, Hope in a World of Troubling Change. And also, in my discussion this morning with uh, Dr. David Reagan, I have referenced a book, and that is his book, America the Beautiful, question mark, America the Beautiful, and it has been updated through 2009, and my ministry will carry it. It will be on my website, hopefully within five days. So let, let's just say a week from now, you can check it out at olivetreeviews.org and go to products, or you can go to lamblion.com, and you'll find all sorts of articles, products, and so forth there as well. And then don't forget, all programming done live on the weekend is posted to my website, and that would be Sunday evening, olivetreeviews.org, and then go to Radio Archives. Uh, David, you there? I'm here, and uh, I'd like to make a comment about your upcoming conference. Go ahead. I know uh, both Eric Barger and uh, Gary Frazier personally. They're personal friends of mine. Yeah, I know. I've been in conferences with both of them. And I'm going to tell you, you've got a blockbuster lineup there. They're both fantastic speakers. They both know what they're talking about. Eric Barger is one of the leading apologists or mm-hmm. Christian defenders of the Christian faith in the United States today. And the amazing thing about Eric is that he started out as a rock star oh, yeah. who was involved in drugs and witchcraft right. and everything else and got delivered from that by the Lord Jesus Christ and has been transformed into one of the greatest defenders of the Christian faith. Gary Frazier has been to Israel more than a hundred times. He knows Israel like he knows the palm of his hand. And you've just got a real blockbuster line up there, and I would encourage people to be sure and come out for that conference. The other thing I wanted to mention Mm -hmm. is about your radio program. Jan, you've got a great radio program. Everywhere I go across the nation, people talk about it. Really? But what people do not understand about Christian radio, and I find this all the time. I was, You know, I had a Christian radio yeah, program no, you for did. over 20 years. You went to TV. Yeah, and what people do not understand is they think that Christian TV and Christian radio works the same way as secular radio yeah. and secular TV. That I'm getting paid. you for your program. And you don't get paid for your program. <laughs> you have to pay them to broadcast your program, which means people have to support you. And I would urge people, if they're listening to you, to send support and help you in the payment of your uh, radio bills. Well, thank you, David. And all ministries are kind of taking a hit right now with, oh, the, that's right. with the economy. And I just uh, am into my 10th year now here on Understanding the Times Radio. I feel like I've grown old sitting here in this chair because 10 years is a long time. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, thank you for your, your oh, co- one co- other kind thing words. I need to- 
mention before we get back to questions and mm-hmm. answers, and that is that I made an error a few moments ago yeah. uh, in referring to the great pastor of uh, uh, Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills, California, who led the fight out there against uh, same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. I called him Jack Hiles. I don't know why. His name is Jack Hibbs, H-I-B-B-S, and okay. I would urge people to Google that name and li- listen to some of his sermons. He's okay. a great guy. Okay. Um David, I've got a production assistant here, Brian, who's um, jumping up and down on the other side of the window. And well, you know, these younger people—we're not—we're not not young anymore, but young people still exist. Obviously, thank thankfully, and he's pretty heated. He's pretty heated. So go ahead and fire your question. Okay, you know. I'm going to sound like an old Jewish man here saying, ay, ay, ay. I mean, I don't understand here why churches would be dropping the name Bible. I mean, are we not ultimately seeking to have the Bible preached and the people who do not want the word Bible in a church they're going to? We aren't reaching those people. Why are these churches doing this? This is so frustrating that churches, I can understand dropping the word Baptist, but why the word Bible? Well, it's part of the whole seeker-sensitive mentality that uh, if you have a Bible in the name of your church, that the so-and-so Bible church, that people are going to think that you're going to beat them over the head with the Bible. (laughs) And so uh, we just simply change that. Also, uh, you know, get rid of crosses and things like that that... uh, uh, refer to uh, uh, sacrifice and blood because uh, you're not going to attract people, you know, uh, with those kind of things. So it's all part of this what's called a seeker-sensitive movement. You just get rid of everything that you think would be offensive to someone. Yeah, and that's happening big time. Um, I don't know how what the percentage of churches would be, but I suspect it's pretty pretty large that are doing that. David, you wrote something in your e-newsletter not all that long ago, as recently perhaps as two to three weeks ago, and and I would like you to expound on it just a little bit. And it it was titled "Is There a Hope for a Fearful World?" And this is what people need to hear more of, particularly Christians. And why didn't you just review what you wrote there? Well, uh, uh, Jan, uh, you know, my uh, my uh, wife says that uh, the greatest reality show that could be put on TV would be to have someone point a television camera at me while I'm watching the evening news because I'm sitting there <laughs> screaming and yelling the entire time and no. wanting to throw something through the television set. <laughs> my, my image of David Reagan just changed. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. Because, you know, there's just so much bad news. I know. And uh, as a result of all that, I have found that the best way for me to keep my uh, uh, my sense of balance uh, in this world is to constantly remind myself of the message of Psalm 2. Psalm yes. 2 is a, a message of incredible hope uh, for us today. I, I think it's one of the greatest passages in the Bible about the end times and about the second coming of the Lord. I've preached more sermons on Psalm 2 than any other uh, passage in the Bible. I've written more articles about it. And the, the heart of it is this. It says that while all of the political leaders of the world are conspiring against God and against his anointed one, the Messiah, and shaking their fists at God and saying, we'll do what we please, who are you to tell us that we can't do this or that, that while all that is going on, God sits in the heavens and laughs. He doesn't (laughs) laugh because he's not concerned. He laughs because he has it all under control, (laughs) that he has the wisdom and he has the power to orchestrate all the evil of mankind to the triumph of Jesus Christ in history. 
we may not see it all in our lifetimes as people who have lived and died have not seen it all in their lifetimes. But justice is coming. Righteousness is coming. When Jesus Christ returns, he's going to put the little egotistical pipsqueaks like Castro of Cuba in their place. He is going to reign in glory and majesty from Mount Zion in Jerusalem. He, the world is going to be flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice as the waters cover the sea. There will no longer be any war. Uh, it, it's, it, it's just going to be incredible what's going to happen when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And we must keep in mind that even though it may seem like the world is out of control, God is in control, and he is going to see to it that it all works out to His uh, the triumph of Jesus Christ in history. Just look at Israel, for example, as a good example of what I'm talking about. There is no natural explanation of why Israel came back into existence. There is no natural explanation of why Israel has continued to exist. The day after they declared their independence, they were attacked by seven Arab nations. They had the War of Independence. They had the War of uh, of 1967, the Six-Day War. I mean, the uh, uh, Suez, uh, Six-Day War in 67, but they've had the, the Suez War. They've had, you know, it goes on and on, the Yom Kippur War. They've had war after war after war, surrounded by 300 million hostile Arabs. No reason why this tiny little nation, smaller than the state of New Jersey, should continue to exist. But God said, he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. He says in Amos 9, when they're reestablished in the land, they will never be rooted up again. God is in control. And we need to remind ourselves of that constantly, that God is in control. Well, you know, um, you referenced the, the the things on the news, and and one of the things that that is very very troubling and difficult to watch, to put it mildly, would be the increasing numbers of of just plain natural disasters and and, and calamities, and yes. they seem to be on overdrive right now. Yes. And we've got a very strange one going on. We've got a volcano somewhere over in Iceland that is actually halting airline travel yeah, um, around yeah. around the world. Now, I believe this is some message from God. I'm not sure I can exactly pinpoint what the message is. But again, most natural disasters, David Reagan, most natural disasters affect a limited area. They affect a, a state or a region in a state, or a flood might uh, affect, right. you know, my point is, we've got a few here, and particularly this one that's going on right now, that's affecting huge portions of the world. Well, Jan, uh, this is one of the ways in which God speaks to people yeah. through natural disasters. He's always done that. From the beginning of time to now, he has spoken through natural disasters. We have been brainwashed by Western scientific uh, rationalism into believing that uh, uh, the supernatural no longer exists, that God no longer speaks through things like that, and that uh, if you believe that some natural disaster is God speaking to a nation, that you are as uh, backward and mm-hmm. primitive as some uneducated native in some remote part of the world. But the fact of the matter is the Bible teaches from beginning to end that God speaks through natural disasters. And one of the things that I'm, I've been doing a lot of work recently on the uh, some uh, uh, an issue of our magazine that's going to be on the Christian heritage of America. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has impressed me the most is go back and read sermons that were preached by the Puritans in the early history of this nation. And I want to tell you, those guys really understood how God works in history. And every time there was a great natural disaster, they immediately got in the pulpit and said, God is speaking to us. He is calling us to repentance. We need to get on our knees and repent. 
and, and they understood that God speaks through these kind of things. The Bible says that in the end times, these are going to be like birth pains. Yeah. That they're going to become increasing, uh, increase in frequency, and they're going to increase in uh, intensity. And that's exactly what we're seeing. It looks like nature is out of yeah, control out of right control. now. Right. Uh, David, your thoughts on the so-called anti-nuclear conference that was held here in the last 10 days. Now, I mean, I've read an article, and actually it's your article. I've read your article. It's on your website. Again, that's lamblion.com, lamblion.com. Sign up for his magazine, folks. I believe there's a small charge. It's worth every penny. So sign up at uh, lamblion.com. Do you want to give a phone number, David? Well, yeah, they could call uh, uh, 1-800-705-8316. But you can go to the website, and uh, you can get the magazine, the electronic edition, uh, by email free of charge. If you want to get the uh, printed edition, there is a charge, but that can all you can find out, out all that on the website. All right. The number again for the magazine, 1-800-705-8316. I'll try to give that one more time later. All right, let's go back to this anti-nuclear conference. <laughs> now, it would seem nukes are all over the place in the Battle of Armageddon. That's by inference because, yeah. I mean, obviously John, the writer of Revelation, was limited in explaining what he saw, but it would seem to be that nukes would be a part of that end-time battle and, or uh, some battles that come before Armageddon. Yes, yes. Uh, th- this was just an exercise. It was a propaganda exercise, as all in the world it was, and the nations of the world are <laughs> are going to do what they please. This was like it reminded me of uh, back in the 30s when uh, we had the uh, World Conference on uh, 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 limiting uh, arms and naval vessels and so forth, and everybody agreed to it, and then everybody went home and completely and totally ignored it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. This was a meaningless thing, uh, a propaganda exercise. Nuclear weapons are going to stay on the scene, and uh, they're going to be used. Uh, you know, uh, the way uh, Romans 1 describes it, is that uh, when God really pours out his wrath, what he does is he just steps back, lowers the hedge of protection, and mm-hmm. lets evil take its mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen in the in the Great Tribulation, is God is just going to step back, re- remove the restraints, and let the evil heart of man take its course. And I think the result is uh, going to be uh, the use of nuclear weapons on a wide-scale basis. Um, just read I, Romans 1 sometime, yeah. and you'll see it. Uh, a fellow, I was reading an article recently, and he called Romans chapter 1 the wrath of God's abandonment. Romans chapter 1, the wrath of God, okay. Uh, abandonment. Mm-hmm. That God just simply steps back mm-hmm. and says, okay, you want to live that way? I'm going to let you live okay. that way. Let evil take its uh, course, and it's, it multiplies. Yeah. I'd like to read an email I got yesterday. Uh, David Reagan, I'd like your comment on it, and I know you will not be without words once you hear this. The writer says, first of all, I want to thank you for your ministry and for contending for the faith. He says, I'm a bit discouraged, and I just want to share some some trouble. Troubles, plural, plural. I'm hearing more and more from friends and fellow Christians negative views towards the book of Revelation and, for that matter, Bible prophecy slash, you know, eschatology. He says, when I hear Christians speak about this, they speak of Revelation as though they are going to the dentist. As as if they're what? They're going to the dentist. They avoid it or go into their own viewpoints and beliefs. 
to me which seem contrary to the word of God regarding the last days. I can certainly understand differences in the fine details of Revelation regarding certain events as figurative language, but I believe all that must be interpreted properly within the given context. What discourages me, says this writer, the most is even though they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and they believe he's coming back and wins at the end, they disbelieve that his return is literal. They also disbelieve a literal thousand-year reign. Now, let me jump down here a little bit. And then he says, I've heard the claim that from a fellow Christian that he does not care to read uh, the book of Revelation nor to study it because there's nothing there to apply to his life. And then the writer closes, I am discouraged when Christians speak down about both Genesis and disbelieve God's word in his creation account. I feel so many times that Christians are at fault for stripping God from his glory because both Genesis and Revelation are not taken either seriously or literally. Your response, David Reagan? Well, first of all, my response is that that's a very perceptive writer. Yeah, it is. Uh, he is uh, really sharp and on, on track. Uh, yes, uh, you're right. Uh, most people completely um, spiritualize the book of Revelation. That's right. And spiritualize most end-time prophecies, saying it does not mean what it says. And people love to spiritualize because, uh, uh, and when you spiritualize, you become God because you can make it say anything you want it to say instead of accepting its uh, plain sense meaning. And my response to that always is that all the first coming prophecies were fulfilled literally. And if they were fulfilled literally, the end time prophecies are also going to be fulfilled literally. Second, uh, many people fear the book of Revelation, as he pointed out. There's no reason to fear the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation has a lot of bad news in it, but it's bad news for those who have rejected Jesus Christ right. as Lord and Savior. It only has good news for those of us who are believers. The book of Revelation, the message of it is we win in the end. And I'm telling you, that's a message we need to hear today. And then I love the way he tied all that in with the creation story. Yes. Because, Jim, I... I I put a lot of programs on TV about the uh, about creationism and the reason I do it is because if you start out with the at the beginning of the Bible by spiritualizing everything the Bible says about creation you're going to end up spiritualizing everything the Bible says about the end times I mean it just one leads to the other I think we need to take both of them to mean what they said well, I think you've uh, summarized that very well, and I hope John is listening. I believe he listens. Well, I hope you write him back and let him know that he's <laughs> right on target. <laughs> I think he listens electronically, and I still have his email, so I will do that. Exactly. David, we're down to just a couple of moments, but let me say this, and let me ask you this fine, final question. And by the way, folks, before I forget, if you want to order that magazine that David's talking about, The Lamplighter, Here's the phone number. You can go to lamblion.com, do it very easily, or 1-800-705-8316, 1-800-705-8316. You want to call my office, 763-493-5555. 
3010 for any of the issues we're talking about, CD subscription, our print newsletter, and so forth. David, with 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 two minutes remaining, what would you advise listeners to do to best cope with the tide of our times? You're talking earlier about screaming and yelling at the TV. I guess one of the things we can do is turn off the TV, but then we then we become uninformed. <laughs> well, I would say first of all, they need to order their priorities yeah. and um, make sure that uh, they've got uh, God first, family second, job third. Second, they need to stand on the Word of God and really believe it and uh, uh, stay in it because their souls need to feed on it. I'd say they need to believe in the power of God and believe that He really is in control, that He's on the throne, hears prayers and answers prayers. I'd say they need to persist in prayer, praying daily about their own situation and about the situation in the world and our nation. They need to rely on the Holy Spirit. They need to practice tough faith. Uh, it's easy to have faith when everything's going well, but we need to have tough faith. Again, they need to keep an eternal perspective and re- realize that we're just passing through. We're pilgrims mm-hmm. here. We're here for a very short period of time, and we are preparing for eternity. And I think they need to live looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. Very well said. I, I really have nothing to add to that, but um, I am so grateful. And, and, and for those of you in listener land who have... And I'm not trying to put down others with other theology, but those who have the theology that David and I are trying to represent, uh, thank God that you do have that theology because we have such hope. We have the blessed hope. Right. We, we have the hope of the Lord's return. There are many theologies today that are talking about the last days that are so skewed and and. They're not giving you the hope you need. Uh, David Reagan, again, thank you for all you do. We're going to see you in October, October 8th, 9th. Thank you, Jan. Oct- I know you're always under attack, so I want to I encourage am. you. Hang in there. You're a watchman on the wall. You too, David. Goodbye now. Bye. Okay. That will be October 8th and 9th. This fall. i got to get through the spring one first, and I, I don't know. These are trying times for everyone. Programming done live Saturdays goes up on my website, and that would be Sunday evening. And I headquarter out of Minneapolis-St. Paul. I air simulcast on two stations here, live Saturday, AM 980 KKMS, and their sister station, AM 1280 The Patriot. We did that for a number of reasons. And by the way, that's Saturday 9 to 11 AM, and the AM 980 uh, replays that Sunday, 12 to 2, and the Patriot, AM 1280, the Patriot replays that uh, Sunday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. And I'm telling you that because if you miss everything else, uh, if you got bad results, you can always plug into their websites, kkms.com or am1280thepatriot.com, and listen live. And, again, please do remember us both prayerfully and financially as our radio expenses are uh, rather incredibly going up at a time when uh, ministries indeed are having a tough time. We're going to be changing topics uh, next hour. Again, if you'd like to reach me by mail, it's Box 1452, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota 55311. Please stick with us. Very interesting issues coming up. In Hour 2 of Understanding the Times Radio, Jan Markell, your host here. Don't touch that dial.
If Jan Markell's radio outreach has helped you understand the times, would you consider a tax-deductible donation to Olive Tree Ministries? You can write to Box 1452, that's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Or call 763-493-3010, 763-493-3010. You also can order and donate safely online at olivetreeviews.org. And thanks for listening to Understanding the Times.